Neil to Hart. 45 out, open goal line, somehow a goal. Across to Jones, off, hand passes back to Tom McDonald, who kicks a goal. Comes out now to Vandenberg, on his left, snaps round the corner, and gets a goal. Ray Shaw to Prince, maybe a chance here for the Demons, that kick had to be spot on, it was, it'll bounce up nicely for Hannon, there's a man in the goal square, Hannon fires it that way, Melcham will mark, Melcham will go, and pops up his fans. Dean Kent back at home, from 50, kicks towards goal, it is straight, the Demons out by 11. Petrarca, he finds Melcham, snaps and puts it through. Melbourne playing finals football. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a another edition of the Demonland Podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and joining me tonight again, the Great Viney. Good evening, Great Viney. Good evening, Andy. How are you? Yeah, I'm uh, in a much better mood this week than I was probably this time last week. Uh, what a difference a week in football uh, makes. Absolutely. Excited tonight. Uh, we're out with the old Demonland podcast and in with a new format, now with 100% more finals. <laughs> and more positivity. So, very exciting. <laughs> also joining yes, us. Also, that too. Also joining us tonight, um, well, um, the creator of the Bradbury plan, um, uh, Super Mercado. Um, good evening. How are you? Oh, I've never been happier to have all my gimmicks erased in one afternoon, gentlemen. I'm... Bursting with a religious fervour for the D's, even two or three days later. Uh, and the good news from Canberra is that I hear Neville Jett has just been elected Prime Minister, so it just keeps Fantastic. getting better for the D's. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, so the Bradbury plan, it, it's dead, it's buried. Um, I mean, there's still... what? What is? There's a slight, slight chance um, that we can miss the final still, is there not? I, I believe if we have about a 350-point swing... Uh, versus whatever Port do. Uh, but I, I can confirm the speculative 50 I had on us to miss the finals at 9-1. to one. The uh, said betting agency is, is refusing to uh, offer an a early payout <laughs> figure on that. So if, they're, if the people with massive money interests are, ca- are happy with us not stuffing it up, then I'm happy with us too. I'll go with it. Let's just... Uh... What what a fantastic uh, victory to go over to to the west. It, it's probably it, it's one, it, probably the one of the hardest trips to make in football. Um, I, I, I personally I went over there. Um, the new stadium is it's fantastic. It's a fantastic stadium. It looks great from the outside, um, and just the atmosphere inside of there. Unfortunately, it, it is West Coast West Coast Eagles supporters, but Every time they got the ball, every time they kicked a goal, 
even after they kicked the goal and the ball went back to the center, just the cheers and the raw, like it, it, you feel like you're in a coliseum. And I've been to games at the G with eighty thousand, and it sounded like that, and there were fifty to five thousand people there. Um, yeah, Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis said last night on AFL three sixty that it was one of the loudest yep. uh, crowd noises that he's ever experienced. So I've never that, heard uh, louder. That and backs I, it up. I've been when Richmond are at the G and you know thundering uh, support, um, and it, it, this sounded louder. I don't know if it's just the acoustics or something, or maybe the passion or idiocy of their fans. <laughs> Because I must say, or maybe their fans, I must say, I I love a boo. Uh, Great Viney sits near me at the footy. He's probably heard me boo a a decision here or there. But I, I, they boo absolutely everything uh, to the point where even if a guy has his head taken off, like I can, I can recognise when one of our players has infringed, and if the freeze there, it's there. There's no such thing as the freeze there. Um, it's <laughs> there's no freeze should be oh, awarded. I can, yeah, I can imagine. I imagine it's the equivalent of when I sat next to the St Kilda cheer squad in the '98 finals, and remember Barry Hall did a flying knee drop on one of the Phoebe brothers, <laughs> and I just got for the next the rest of the game. It was you're a, there's things you can't even say on on broadcast now, but it was like soft. You know, it's your fault, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing, Barry had done nothing wrong when you just dropped a knee into him. I expect that that's the same sort of uh, parochial off-their-face atmosphere that these people are bringing, except that instead of 50 nutters, there was 55,000 nutters. Yeah, and I sat next to uh, – like I got there a little bit early and I, I, would, I, I purchased sort of premium sort of tickets. I was right on the wing. I was – virtually dead centre to the, the centre of the ground. I was 13 rows back from on the bottom level. Um, and what's good about this stadium is the, the front row is actually raised up. Um, uh, you know, it's not on ground, exactly on ground level, as you can tell by the behind-the-goal stuff. Um, so it was perfect height. Um, so I sat next to a, 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 a nice old chap next to me. He was very friendly. I, I sort of told him straight you could see I was a Melbourne supporter in amongst all premium West Coast uh support you know fat you know people who have bought the premium memberships um so I was having a chat with him I said look I'm not going to give you any stick during the game I know what it's like <laughs> you know when uh you know I was saying it last week when I wasn't going to get lippy anyway and this guy was was very nice but um as the day wore on um, he became more and more unreasonable with the type of free kicks. So towards the end of the game, I started to get a bit more lippy towards the end, especially once uh, we had started to win. But there were no fights, uh, thankfully. But uh, it was a good day at all round. Well, it's about lots time of Melbourne supporters over up. there because... Sorry, you go. No, I was just saying it's about time that uh, Eagles fans got legitimately stitched up instead of just thinking they've been stitched up all the time. So, but no, there's been no better time ever for that to happen. Well, I must say that that uh, I was talking about how they, you know, they d- don't recognise free kicks, but uh, I was also telling the guy next to me about that stat, uh, the free kick differentials, which uh, we had put back up on the site this week over a 15-year period. I think they have a plus some ridiculous thing like plus 700 and I was telling him about this stat and he just couldn't believe it he thinks that they get screwed week in week out 
um, by the umpires, which clearly the stats tell a different story. Great, Great Viney, you wanted to say something before? Now, I was just going to ask, were there lots of Melbourne supporters over there? Because I saw, I don't think it was on the TV coverage, but in one of the pictures later, that in addition to the cheer squad behind the goals, there seemed to be another section where there were quite a lot of Melbourne supporters all sitting together. Unless they were sitting... Did I I miss see that? Unless they were sitting above me and behind where I couldn't see, I couldn't tell that. Everything was uh, West Coast... Um, besides behind the goals. Uh, So unless there was a section up in the stands, I didn't see it. You'd see a smattering of a few Melbourne lone Demon supporters like myself there Um, and certainly uh, outside the ground after, you know, any Melbourne supporter I saw with a Melbourne scarf was my best mate Um, and all very jovial, of course. But uh, no, I didn't see any big, huge areas besides behind the goals of Melbourne supporters. And you, uh, you could probably hear, yeah. it was you could hear a pin drop when we kicked a goal. Um, actually, when watching the replay, it sounded louder because they must have had a microphone <laughs> in someone's pocket uh, uh, because I couldn't hear it at the ground. Maybe near, the, near our cheer squad. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't hear it at the ground. Uh, but uh, enough about uh, my experience, the, the game uh, in itself. Um, fantastic. Um, I thought it was great. There were, you know, we got that good early start, and then, um, you know, I was a little bit disappointed at quarter time. I felt it was sort of the reverse of the Adelaide game, where we sort of, you know, they Adelaide came out, uh, you know, firing, and then we sort of pegged it back to nine points uh, when it, you know, it seemed like we should have been further behind. And I felt this was the reverse in this game. Uh, what did you guys think? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, yeah, you're well, absolutely the, right. I, I yeah. did feel the same as that that Adelaide game that we were lucky, if they were lucky to be as close as they were um, at quarter time, and that we hadn't properly put them away. Uh, and then we we sort of got out to the same sort of lead yeah. in the third quarter and gave that up as well. But overall, look, you, you're you're over there. It's twice twice the temperature that they've been here. Um, it's pretty hard to to hold it against them for you know giving up a couple of runs of goals when. You know, I think that's what we've talked about all year is us giving up massive runs of goals. Um, and they, they held so tough in that last quarter, um, especially when they went the goal down. Um, the, the goal that ended with Melksham in the square was almost reminiscent of the, the Christian Salem against Essendon from a few years back for the ball moving from one end to the other um, and absolutely everything going right. Um, and fortunately, this time, the uh, Eagles defender took a wrong turn and left um, Melksham to just wander into the square at his own. So it took the drama out of a set shot. Um, but, look, I think there's nothing to complain about in this game. They After we thrashed them for being, you know, uh, crumbling under pressure the week before, they just – it was such a ballsy performance under pressure that, um, you know, it, it's impossible not to be proud of them. Yeah, I thought um, there were a few times in the game where we sort of got out to, you know, either two goal leads or, in the, you know, obviously in the first quarter we got out to over 20 and later in the third we got over 27, I think, and allowed them to come back. But I thought it was really great that every time they sort of closed the gap on us, whether it was the two goal gap or the four goal gap, we were still able um, to 
to stem that flow back and kick a goal or two and get back, uh, you know, get a lead back. And that culminated in us, you know, getting the last three goals of the game when I, I must admit, when they got their nose in front, I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> They're just yep. going to steamroll us now. And credit to the boys. Uh, it was just an amazing effort for them, you know, to kick those last three goals and uh, put the game away and put us back into the finals for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, I mean, we talked uh, in previous weeks about composure and it was just a completely different side on Sunday. Um, The composure at the end to not panic when they did go behind and just some of the individual, the lowering of the eyes going forward um, and some of the passing uh, was just... uh, um, 100% better than it's been in previous weeks. So, um, yeah, it was it was great all around. I thought the um, the set shots for goal were a lot better this week, obviously. We didn't have have uh, the same scoreline as the Sydney game. Um, and it was good to get off with a goal. Yes. The first, the first shot went through. That was a settler <laughs> for me. Might not have meant anything to the players, but it made me feel better. <laughs> it certainly did. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, I, I was impressed with uh, Wiedemann. He finally took yep. a couple of those really good marks. He he took one in the forward line early on, and then he took one sort of on the half-forward flank where he sort of juggled it a bit. But uh, it's great to see him starting to get his hands on it, and I'm sure his confidence is all the more better for it. So... Yeah. And a couple of other contests where he didn't bring the mark down, but he he broke a pack or yeah. he brought the ball to ground. So I thought he was great. Look, I was I was suspect on picking him. Uh, who who, but would, who I, would you have had instead? Were you well? It's, it's hard to say in yeah. retrospect. Oh, yeah. I was almost I was almost of the put Pettis in the forward line. Yeah. Um, you know, play it very safe camp. But uh, I'm very much pleased to have been proven wrong. It'd be good to see how he goes this week. Um, yeah. The other impressive thing about Wiedemann was that he was really good early. Now, of course, the heat was on all game, but uh, I thought, you know, particularly in that first half, he, along with Max, was was actually sort of quite dominant. Yeah, and the field's open for him now. Like, Hogan's not coming back this year. Um, yep. Pedersen is, is pretty much, you know, has been taken out of the forward mix. Um so it's really Wiedemann versus Tim Smith. So it's hard to see how he could lose, how he could do anything that would lose him his spot going into the finals. You mentioned you mentioned uh, you mentioned Hogan, so I might uh, bring this up now. Um, how do you think we played with it, without Hogan? Do you think we played differently? Uh, I know it didn't seem like we were just bombing it in uh, to a contest. Um, a little bit more methodical with the way we were bringing it in than we do with Hogan. Uh, did you guys see he's, the same? He's got a remarkable knack for not being there in the greatest wins of the <laughs> yeah. uh, of the years. Like I'm, I'm actually trying to think back to a an epic, like great leap forward victory that we've had in the last few years that he was actually playing. And again, I think it's like I said last week. This is not against him. I think it's possibly just a massive coincidence. Um, but it's just remarkable how many times like, we, we might as well just win the flag now because he's not there, because we just keep doing all these bizarre things. Well, all right, well, let's win an elimination final, let's win a semi, let's win a prelim, and let's win a grand <laughs> final as well, and just complete the set. It's I just can't explain it, and maybe it is that we play differently, um, but it's just on a remarkable knack for not being there when something totally amazing happens. Well, I'll, I'll, th- I'll yeah, play I mean, devil's advocate out there. I don't personally agree with this. There's many people on Demon Land who do 
subscribe to this. Would you? I mean, I, I don't think either of you, stupid to ask you guys, because I don't think you will answer uh, this question. I think you'll, I know what, you, what you're going to say, but uh, people are saying we should trade him. Uh, do either of you guys subscribe to that? It, it, and I say when you say trade, I'll, Devil's advocate. I'm not. I don't subscribe to this. But if we were offered a first round pick and a, a, a semi decent player, uh, obviously not a five type player. Don't know if Freo have any of those. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. So a, a, a very low early draft pick. Would would we consider it? Do you think, or would it just be a straight out no? There's a couple of things here. One, one is that um, it's not so surprising that we can get by without Hogan because. Where, as keeps being said, we're a forward half team and we generate millions of inside 50. So um, there's enough ball getting in there that, regardless of the personnel, we should be able to kick a, a decent score most weeks. Um, but uh, look, I'm not a, in the trade Hogan camp, but the um, you know the form of Wiedemann and the continuing development of Wiedemann and the likelihood that he's going to come on as a player definitely raises the question as to how the forward line shapes up in the future next year when Jesse's back. Um, uh, Goodwin was happy to play the three tools earlier in the year. It only lasted for a few games, I think, um, before Sam was out. But um, can it work with three tools mm. in the forward well, line? Well, yeah, it did. I mean, look, it, it had its ups and downs uh, in the in the weeks where we did do it. Um, I think probably two is the better, the better option, um, which is probably makes it unfortunate for a for a Wiedemann. Um, You know, you, you'd almost if you were him, you'd want to be sort of confirming with the club yourself that Hogan was going to stay there. So you you pick up the phone and uh, start calling around elsewhere, uh, because if he just gets stuck behind Hogan and McDonald for another year and only plays three or four games, when you know, obviously no one wants to go to a crap club, but I'm sure he would walk straight into a Gold Coast or a Carlton. St Kilda. Um, St Kilda, exactly. Like they, you know, there would be there would be interest in him. And I did mm. see something which could have been bollocks, but a suggestion that um, Geelong was looking at him. You know, from his perspective, it's it's not incumbent on him to hang around and uh, you know spend the next two years playing 15 games a year at Casey. Uh, so. I, if I was him, I would be very keen on finding out what's happening to Hogan, and I don't think Hogan will be going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, why would you go to Freo? Why would you have gone through all this and well, go to Freo? Now, it could there could be a surprise where, you know, West Coast go, well, Josh Kennedy's not getting any younger. You know, let's let's have a ping at Hogan. But I, I just can't see that Hogan will be going anywhere. But I think we do need to look at the forward structure and how it works. I mean, we're the highest scoring team in the comp. I know that's off the back of massacring some of the rubbish teams. But we know it can be done, and we know he's kicked 45-odd goals for the season. Um, I think that's that's the two I want, but that's with respect to Wiedemann that I still want to see him get a decent run at it as well. Uh, Hell's Bells in the uh, chat room has said, madness, uh, he shouldn't be traded unless he wants to go home. And I guess exactly. that answers uh, one, of, uh, your quest- one of your things, that uh, why would he want to go to Frio? That's, I guess, balls in his his court. Yeah, in terms I'd of whether be, he wants to I'd go be, um, you know, ringing up West Coast as well and saying, "Hey, any danger?" I'd be doing a, uh, you know, political style smear campaign on West Coast's forward line to try and drum up some interest in them picking me, 
picking me up instead of Frio. Yeah, yeah. Did there's the, one thing that he might sure have helped of. them to a uh, to break the 23 goal streak that Geelong put on on Saturday. Mm. Yeah. One thing you can be sure of is that there aren't won't be too many players that want to leave Melbourne right now, Hogan included. No, absolutely not. And I see here there's a there's a John Demonic says Tom Mack back eventually, uh, to which I would say for God's sake no. As much as I, no. I, I I liked him as a defender more than most people, but I think he is. Such a cog player forward now. Find a defender. Go out and find a defender to, to take his spot at the back if you need. He stays forward probably for the rest of his career. Yeah, he yeah. he led well. He got sort of out the back well. He took you know a couple marks. He took a couple goals. But and even standing up in in your know, tackles and um, you know just being a physical presence in yeah. the forward line. Um, there was the one where he did he kick it where. Uh, he gave it to Jones, who gave it back to him to kick it. Yeah, where he just stood tall in in congestion. Yeah, um, I think you know by by the modern standard of the Coleman being you know a sixty goal comp, sixty goal um, you know competition, I think he's an unreal forward. I think he's the best forward we've had since David Neitz. Um, I, I just yeah, I, I could not even think, if they put him back because I last week I thought they might put him back and I'm going to smash the joint. Um, and I'm glad they stuck with him forward, even though he didn't have his best game against the Swans. Um, oh yeah, I, I just can't even think about wasting him now as a forward, especially at this point at the time of the year when I understand there's a, a Collingwood VFL defender that we're we're right into. Um, it's better to go and get some cover in defence than even think about moving him out of the forward line. If he played a full year, he'd be uh, he'd probably be leading the Coleman, so there's no way he's going back. So he missed he missed about seven games, didn't he? Yep. And what's he averaging? Oh, yeah, six. What's he, what's I think he was back back for six. Yeah. So what was he? What's he averaging this year? He was up to about four at one point, but uh, I think it's I think it's come down a little yeah. bit. I mean, but yeah, three, look, he's yeah. likely to pass Hogan for the yeah. for the club lead in the next certain if the next week if not the next two weeks I think he's only one behind so he's uh he's kicked 45 goals in 16 games yeah. um, your own maths. get your calculators out on that one how important uh to our team uh do you think uh, Melksham and Hibbard are I mean uh, considering the way both of them played uh Hibbard Hibbard earlier there's uh, Melksham throughout the the day um, we really missed them when they weren't there. Uh, very important to our team. Yeah, and just love the fact that uh, they're from Essendon and Milkshake um, particularly was a whipping boy over there and he's just come so good for us. Um, and, yeah, we, we, we do. We rely on both of them. Um, I, I got a, uh, a question uh, from a listener um, uh to us via Skype. I'll just uh, mention now, if you do want to call us, uh, join us on the show, 0390163666, that's 0390163666, or you can Skype us, uh, Demonland31, um, just like um, John has has uh, messaged me uh, through that. Uh, he does want to call us, but he's got a question for all of us. Uh, what one piece of play uh, inspired you the most in Sunday's game? And, and I'll, I'll give mine first. 
if you guys want to have a think about it. There was a play, Clary out of the middle, uh, sort of did a blind, got the ball blind turn out of the middle, uh, kicked it down yeah. and then got the handball back, like came in barreling in and got picked up the ball inside, inside 50 and gave off a handball. And I just thought, oh, that's just vintage <laughs> Clary Oliver. Uh, yep. And I, and think, I, that I think that play ended, a goal yeah, It well. did, it did. I can't remember who kicked it, but it ended up in the goal. Um, yeah, straight that. out of the middle. So was it two, was it one of the two in a row, or I was it a so. response to one of theirs? It, it was either or, but uh, yeah, either way, <laughs> either way, so. it's, it, it was great. I uh, love that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to opt for a t- I'm going to opt for double Neville Jetta. One was that tackle. cracking tackle, yeah. uh, and two was the one where he took the mark while he was being absolutely manhandled by his opponent in the wrestle, and still managed to mark the ball. Yeah. Amazing. I <laughs> love Nev. Um, Great Viney, you got anything uh, that sticks out? Yeah, I actually like the pointing out on uh, on the couch on Monday night of the toe of oh, God. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that whole passage of play was superb because that toe actually was quite important. The ball was about to go yep. past Jones yep. and he's managed to uh, get it out from the stoppage and it looked like we could be stuck in a stoppage swamp at that stage. So... There was an important clearance, and then the kick from Christian Salem. It was beautiful. Uh, which only went sort of just went to fifteen or twenty. Absolute deliberate. Um, was though. superb. Yeah. Uh, because it was it was hurried, but it was deliberate, yeah. and it hit him perfectly. And then that, that then set up the rest of the play, which um, uh, yeah, there were, were was, two uh, two other stuff. there were two other great kicks in that. There was Fritch's kick that someone in the yep. chat room uh, mentioned. If you want to join us in the chat room. Uh, demonland.com slash podcast Fritch's kick and then um, Hannon's kick uh, Hannon, both weighted yep. uh, perfectly and I must say it was great uh, Hannon returning great uh, to the, for the team too uh, he did the Hannon thing that just, he does can I just tell you something yep. that happened to me in that moment um, when Hannon was running with the ball yep. I was standing very uh, in a very animated way in front of my television at, at that <laughs> point and I spotted and registered um, Melksham in the square before I could vocalise the words and I was stuck. It was almost like, you know, in a dream when you can't scream. Uh, so I was trying to alert Mitch Hannon to what was uh, uh, what was up ahead and thankfully he saw it. Uh, through the TV, yes. Uh, I believe that uh, works every time. Yeah, we've all tried it, believe me. I, uh, yeah, there was a lot of advice directed towards my television on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so we were talking about uh, your reactions. There were a lot of reactions. Uh, someone mentioned in the in the in our um, in our thread for for the podcast for tonight um, about your reactions to either of you guys. How, what was your reactions, uh, Super Mercado? What what did you do? Uh, oh, I made an absolute goose of myself, to be honest. Um, look, I, I, as we've discussed before, my default position for viewing games on television is to literally stand and hover over my television. <laughs> yeah. um, so at the best of times, you know, when we played Brisbane or Gold Coast this year, I was doing that. But this added a lot of pacing back and forth. There was a lot of pacing back and forth. Uh, there was a lot of screaming, a lot of shouting to the point where I had to apologize to my daughter because she thought I was yelling at her, even <laughs> though she was in another room. So I don't know how she got that. Um, my my beloved wife, who is not a, a football guru, did not actually understand the uh, concept of the game and thought I was just going off chops for just a normal victory, um, to which I had to explain after the, the significance of the victory. 
when West Coast kicked the goal to go ahead, I did scream something to words to the effect of they can't do this to me. Um, and I did at one point run into another room so I wasn't doing it in front of my family, pulled a blanket over my head and screamed <laughs> several obscenities in um, quick succession. Then when when Kent got the goal, uh, when he converted, and let me say, I, I had a flashback when he took that mark to that North Melbourne game in Hobart about three years ago when he kicked a goal in the last minute that gave us half a chance. It set up the chance that Stretch missed. And I just had this confidence that he was going to kick it again just based on the fact that he'd kicked a clutch goal before, which is no nothing scientific. Um, but as it went in, I fell to my knees and started slapping the ground and yelling, yes, 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 to the point where about 45 minutes later when the adrenaline wore off, I realized that I really had hurt my right wrist um, and basically can't bend, can't bend my right wrist back to this point now uh, without it being sore. Um, it was quite... Quite, and then at the siren, I just did a lap of, I just ran around the house <laughs> with my arms in the air in celebration. Uh, I, I really think my wife uh, missed missed an opportunity to do like David Schwartz's wife and <laughs> at least audio record me because I was just talking crap to myself all day. But that last quarter, um, it was like the it was like the Geelong last quarter in that there was bits that I watched on the replay that I got the order wrong in my head yeah, yeah. or I didn't remember that that happened because I was in such like a psychological state of siege that, uh, you know, normal reasoning and, uh, you know, comprehension of what was going on was just totally out the window. So if there's I, – I, I'm still not sure it's the closest I've ever come to a heart attack at a game. Um, but – and I guess being away from it helps with that. Like had I been there – like yourself, I probably would have been in uh, heart attack territory. But that that being separate a bit from it probably calmed me down a bit. But also the fact that I could walk around. Whereas if you're in a stadium, you, where do you get the energy out? You know, you, you can you might be able if you, if you pull some row mm gimmick or something, you might be able to walk around a little bit. But um, being at home, at least I could you know turn around and kick the couch and scream out obscenities and God knows what. So. Um, but yeah, I, I must say when Kent kicked the goals, it was almost tears. Uh, I could feel it coming, but then I realized we were still only 11 points up with two minutes to go. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 re- I regained my composure. I wasn't relaxed during, after the Kent goal at all. I mean, I was ecstatic and I cheered it loudly, but, uh, two minutes 20 is more than enough time to concede two goals. Um, we've seen that with the 44 oh, yeah. seconds against St Gilda, but you know, it only takes 15 seconds out of the medal to get a goal, so plenty of time. But um, absolutely, uh, yeah, I caught I caught myself just as I was about to, um, you know, get emotional about the moment. So now I wish I had, uh, but it's all right. It's all it's the tears never actually came in the end. Like when, even when we kicked the other goals, when the siren like that ship had sailed, um, but I still, you know, I, I was just. It was like nothing that is, you know, nothing that I've felt in footy for a long time. It was just that relief off the back, knowing that if we didn't win this, nothing was guaranteed this week. Um, just to know that there was nothing, no one could take it away from us um, was amazing. We've got a caller on the line. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Uh, how are you? Good. Hello, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Good, thank you. Who are we talking to? It's D Zephyr. 
Oh, D Zephyr, how you how you doing, mate? Well, fantastic. Uh, wise choice going over to Perth, Andy. Oh, Good on you, mate. Mate, uh, it's a trip of a lifetime. I'll ne- I'll never never forget it. Uh, would have been a long uh, ride home uh, had we lost, and uh, yeah, it made it all the all the better. Uh, for the win, and uh, in turn, the the getting into the finals is uh, is the you know cherry on the top. Yeah, just yeah, I, just, I still can't get over it to be honest. But uh, what I wanted to talk about was a little bit about the game. Um, we can you know single out individual moments, um, you know, some one-on-one critical contests. But uh, as you've alluded to it already, uh, the fact that you know we got off to a good start, we were challenged probably two or three times throughout the game. And then when West Coast hit the front, I thought that was one of the best responses I've ever seen in the last 10 years, to be honest. Um, I can't remember how I was feeling when they hit the front, but I was thinking there was ample time for us to swing this around. And and it probably wouldn't be a more important six or seven minutes coming up for the club in the last 10 years. And the way they responded was just unbelievable. Um, I don't think I think West Coast might have gone inside fifty twice for the rest of the game after we, they hit the front. The way we were able to close them down and hurt them the other way, it, it was just brilliant. They all bought in. Uh, yeah, fantastic effort. Yeah, overall and and just the emotions. Um, you know, been reading the threads today about all the you know levels of support. I was watching, all four of us were watching in the lounge room, um, a bit like Super Mercado. My son and I were pacing up and down the <laughs> entire last quarter. Um, when West Coast hit the front, my wife and daughter, they've had enough by that stage. And when they're watching the bedroom, they just, you know, had enough of us two carrying on. When Kent marked that ball, um, my son said, this is a big kick, Dad. And I said, <laughs> probably the biggest we've seen for a while. Um, he kicked it. I I wanted to jump and celebrate, but it felt like my feet were nailed to the ground. Um, I'm like, started getting text messages from my friends saying, you're in finals, you're in finals. And, and I was like, please go away. There's still two minutes. We could still lose this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. the moment came when track hit Melsham yeah. and reality sort of started to set in. And when that snap went through, uh, I could feel the tears in my eyes. But yeah. it wasn't until the moment my son... You know, he's been coming to the football with me, I think, since about 2015. He was old enough to understand what's going on. Put his arms around my waist, looked at me and said, Dad, I'm so happy right now. Wow. And that I, I couldn't hold the tears back. Just started streaming down my cheek. Oh, it might be embarrassing, but no, you live no. in the moment, guys. <laughs> you know, we are human. Exactly. Oh, um, and, and, we, and we've, you know, we've all got memories of not the ultimate success, but, you know, we're old enough to have memories of the good stuff. Whereas, you know, kids that, Probably, probably even worse for kids that are a little bit older than than your boy that really lived the slop. Um, but kids who have just all they've known is Melbourne being a laughing stock. And now, yes, it's only minimum one final, but it just changes the whole narrative. And if that's why, if this had gone wrong, if we'd lost that game and we'd lost this week and we'd missed out, it would be another twelve months of ha ha Melbourne. Look, they can't yeah. hack the pressure. What a comedy club. All that now. Narrative totally changed. So I think I'm hoping and I think I believe that this can be the great leap forward um, that gives us a few years of sustained contendership at the very least. I'm positive that that us just getting in now is exactly what the players needed. They needed that monkey off the back, even though it wasn't their monkey. 
Um, well, some of them was from last year, but just the, all the baggage from all the other years wasn't their, their monkey. Um, the fact that that's off now, I think will be a huge, huge positive um, for the team. And, the, the, you know, that mentally weak thing, I think that's gone now. And, um, I mean, maybe next week we'll be talking about a different Yeah, like hit replay on last <laughs> yeah. week. And, you know, you can probably find us, oh, it's terrible, they'll never yeah. be any good. You know, shut the club down. <laughs> Um, whereas a week later, it's it's like the great, they're the greatest club of all yeah. time, and uh, you know we're going to win every flag for the next ten years. But I guess that's what that's what seeing one performance that was just full of guts yeah. will do for you when you've started to lose faith that they can pull out a performance that's full of guts. Absolutely, uh, DZ. For anything else uh, you want to bring up? Uh, well, I'm a real. I mean, there's a lot of work you know, hard work ahead yeah. this season, you know. But a moment like that, I don't think most of us won't forget that for a long time as, you know, it, it was just brilliant. But, you know what, like you said, believe in themselves now. That that last seven minutes has changed everything, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, agree. You know, and uh, just very happy. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, Fantastic mate. Fantastic work. Thank you. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. Hopefully someone else rings through now. I want to hear some more stories. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to, guys. We'd love to hear your uh, reaction stories. We'll talk about David Schwartz's uh, reaction in a moment. Uh, 0390163366, as we say thank you uh, to DZF. Uh, speak to you soon, mate. Um, or you can Skype us on Demonland31. Uh, um David Schwartz's uh, reaction. Uh, did you? Did you? First of all, uh, that also b- watching his reaction brought a tear to my eye for two reasons. Uh, one, it's great seeing like ex players have the still have that passion for the club. Uh, there's a f- quite a few of them out there that still have a huge passion for for the D's. Um, and the second reason it brought a tear to my eye is. Uh, his son, who I believe is 13 years old, he's almost taller uh, than Schwartz, and I just hope uh, he can he can play footy because uh, wouldn't that be fantastic? Someone suggested on the thread, and that was the first thing that crossed my mind, or the second thing that crossed my mind when I saw the video too. Is oh, hello, look out! <laughs> um, but apparently, he's more into basketball at the moment than footy. That can change. Right. That, that's the key <laughs> recruiting ground for footy players. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yep. I'm sure Trak- but, uh, Petraka was in probably in the same boat at that age as well. They love they love the basketball. My nephews love basketball, but they love their footy as well. And uh, I think it come it depends on how good he is at it, uh, because I'm sure like young boys probably dream of um, you know playing in the NBA. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, there. this just brings up another problem though. You get, then you got Hogan, McDonald, Wiedemann, and Schwartz. <laughs> so Ford think, doesn't go. It's not going to work. I think he's a five. Can we make least him a defender? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do that. Uh, oh, got, I thought it was nice that uh, yeah, that video probably got more views than Macquarie Sports Radio's actually had listeners combined <laughs> since it started. So it was good that they had a win for once. Um, and I guess from my perspective, it was kind of I, I got a bit emotional seeing that. Just seeing him with his kid, like that's probably. And I know I've, I've, I've made a lot of uh, mileage over being a football loner over the years, but I guess it's moments like that where you actually do think, Jesus, I wish someone else was here to share it with. Um, so for all of you and for, for Dee Zephyr, that's, like, that's amazing being able to share that with someone. Um, whereas I had, you know, someone who was just 
doing their thing, cooking in the kitchen, going, that's nice, dear, and a, <laughs> a kid who was just running riot, doing whatever she wanted. Although, funny story, the um, the last sort of 10 weeks or last seven or eight weeks, I've asked her before the game if we're going to win or not, and she's nailed it every time. Mm. Like, literally every week she's got it right. I forgot this time. And then halfway through the last quarter, I think it was just when they um, just when they got in front and I was just had just returned from my tantrum in the other room, she was playing with a little, like, wand, and she's coming up and she said, oh, I'm going to cast a spell. And I said, can you cast a spell that turns the demons into a finals team? And she went, wah, rah, 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 bah, and then we won. Oh, okay. Well, we found so out. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely delivered the goods there. So I'll, uh, I'll take that. Well, if anyone wants to join Super Mercado at the footy and uh, hopefully he's not lonely anymore, uh, you can give us a call. But we do have you a... You have to be able to climb stairs. <laughs> yes, you have to sit in the back row. Um, maybe maybe we, we've had uh, the guys from Sports Hosts on uh, before. Maybe you can give them a call. And, yeah, if, and if there's any sort of like, you know, people who are, you know, are scared of crowds or something who want to come sit up the back with the, uh, I'll be happy to host them. Um, we do have another caller on the air. Uh, good evening. I believe it's uh, Don't Make Me Angry. Uh, how are you, mate? Oh, how are you going? You can hear me? Oh, uh, yeah, we can hear you. Oh, that's good. Oh, yes. Um, it's a big, um, different emotion this week than last week, isn't it? Oh, mate. Last it's a, week's podcast. It's incredible. One, <laughs> one week we're ready to sort of, uh, you know, give it all in. Uh, burn memberships, not not quite, but uh, yeah, and then the next week, uh, Cloud9, it's great. Yes, uh, I didn't listen to this live last week, but I, I was just listening to last night, the uh, recording of it, and um, yeah, it was, um, I'm glad now Super Mercado can now go on with his life there, because now he's um, he's seen us go in the finals, and now he can join his new, his new job without worrying, without saying, you know, Last week he was very worried about never seeing Melbourne successful. Correct. Now that he's and got I think a job, I think that is fit, that fitted into my uh, complete psychosis in the last quarter. That uh, knowing that I was just about to grab that. So, yes, I will. Uh, I will go into part-time semi-retirement. At least happy that I got some reward for the uh, twelve years of often total bollocks that I've just sat through. Yeah, that's um, that's great, and yeah, it's, I think we've I think we're all in the same boat as you, mate. We've we're all we've all been um, like this year. I have not. I'm not allowed to watch my team at home with my wife home. I can't watch. <laughs> she thinks that people um, sit watch the TV without making a sound. She thinks you've got to just sit there and be calm. So and she says she goes, "Oh, look at you carrying on." You know, a very good role model for your son. I said, oh, you should see some other people that are way worse than me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm just not allowed to... Um, but on Sunday, my son was um, having his uh, under-12s lightning pre- premiership day. They had um, gone undefeated all year. And they had to, they had to, you know, four games. They had to play two 10-minute halves to win the premiership. And they had done that as well. So they went undefeated. I am going to be in bed. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Show him the this phone. Is like, this is like when oh, that bloke's somebody. kids broke in on him when he was doing the cross on the BBC. Sorry. Now we, I think we now understand <laughs> what you went through on Sunday. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, sorry. Um, have, we got you, have, we, have we got you in trouble? Sorry. Yeah, the wife just burst in saying, "What are you? I thought you were asleep <laughs> uh, because because I've been work since um three this morning. 
Uh, so, so yeah. Who needs sleep? We're in the finals. Yeah, yeah. So, but I was, and but then after the game, my son had the presentation. So that's while the game was on, and um, you know, I was, I was able to watch it just before they started the presentation. Then I was in the presentation. I was kept on looking at the phone, and I was trying to be, you know, not make any noise and make people know what's going on. And then, and then when they got in front, when I looked at them, they got in front by the one point. I just said, "That's it. That's yeah, all over." That's what I thought. And then, and then I looked at the phone again, and I saw. Oh, we're in front now, and I went. Oh, well, the Suns' presentation part's a bit over. I can go back and watch the footy. <laughs> and there was his other, and there was these other blokes watching the footy, uh, Melbourne, and they're all Melbourne supporters. And that was after we'd kicked the second goal. Kenny kicked the goal, and I said, "Oh, is that enough for us to win?" And they're like, "Oh, shush, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to watch." <laughs> you know, so they were nervous. And even when um, Milksham was taking the last kick, they were like, "He better kick this, otherwise we could still lose from here." So that's that, that's classic Melbourne fan uh, behaviour. Yeah. Yep, it is. Um, well, uh, don't make me angry. Uh, anything else? We don't want to keep uh, keep you from your wife. No, 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 no. She's um, she's uh, left me alone now. I'm, uh, she's uh, yeah, no, she's fine. I'm not 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 too much trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. But um, I. I was a bit angry at somebody there. Uh, Joe Boy, Joe Boy, Yessing uh, had a thread of, was this game rigged? Yeah. What did and, you What did you guys um, you know, What did you guys think of that? I had that as a talking point. Um, I, in, he his his uh, his whole point was that uh, the umpires um, uh, purposely gave Melbourne a bit of an armchair ride to get us into the finals. Was that what the direction he was going in with that thread? Yeah, well, that was that thread by Joe Boy he started. Is this game rigged? And he sounded like he's a West Coast supporter. That's what West Coast people were saying. You know, the game is rigged. But the free kick count ended up being 18 to 14 in their favour. And not just that. And after after quarter time, um, I believe it was even... yeah. So I think it was 6-3 uh, in our favour. So... Do the math. They uh, after that they it was fifteen eight or something uh, in favour of them. So yeah, that sort of uh, doesn't hold up that theory. Yeah, no, it's just total crap. It's just um, just a total stupid thing for a Melbourne supporter to say is it rigged and it's just crap because you know I'm pouring and goes oh because they didn't give that free kick against um you know Austin McDonald ducked into the tackle. But what happened with Austin McDonald's one is he sort of was he didn't have good possession of the ball. He sort of fumbled the ball and then he took possession and then he ducked his head and he got tackled, you know, a split second after he took good possession of it. So that's um, why that wasn't paid. And I think um, that rush behind that was sort of dropped by um, Tyson and he's saying, oh, that should have been a free kick there or something, you know. But, you know, that swings around about. We won, exactly. we won fair and square. The, the umpires did not have any um, bearing on that game e- either way. Um, oh, I mean, I thought the McDonald one should have been a free, but how ironic that a West Coast, that West Coast would get screwed by a player ducking into a free kick yeah. uh, and the free not being paid. So, Diff... You know well, they've made an art of that. The only the only more apt person that could happen to would be Joel Selwood. 
And you should have heard this. This yeah, exactly. This crowd was fair. They were booing everything. It didn't matter whether the free was there, whether it wasn't there. And you know, in every game, there's going to be frees that are missed. It happens to us all the time. I've seen it happen for and against us. So these things happen. It wasn't one of those, you know, twenty-one to five free kick games. Um, yeah. So, and look at the Vandenberg spoil fiasco. Oh, that was that was ridiculous and cost us a goal. Correct. Yeah. Uh, anything else, uh, Mr. Mr. Angry? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, and like I think I posted on that thread, it's like umpiring decisions don't um, win you games or lose you games. Really, even even in the last moment, you get an umpire, you know, for a siren, it was a free kick, and the opposition scored it. There's so many things that could happen before that, and other moments in the game that you could have won or lost, and you can't hinge it on a couple of on umpirings. Really, I think the better team normally always. Uh, wins, um, yeah, but uh, no, but it was great, um, great win, and um, I think we can all, I think um, now I might be able to watch Melbourne games without, um, you know, you know, without thinking it's the end of the world now. Now that we we've, <laughs> we've done it, but we got to win that fight. I got to, I think we got to win next week, though. I think we should beat GWS because they can't beat anybody of quality in Melbourne um, except uh, maybe Collingwood. But Collingwood, I don't fear Collingwood. I think we've just a couple of times the last time we've played them, we've just underestimated them. But I don't, I don't fear, I don't fear any team except uh, Richmond. I reckon we can beat anybody anywhere. And in fact, I'd rather play anybody anywhere but the MCG. That's <laughs> which is uh, not a very good thing at the, at the moment because Richmond can't beat anybody anywhere outside of the MCG. You know they can't. They lose to everybody in the state. The only team they beat in the state is Brisbane and Frio. The only teams they can beat. So all round, I think we're actually a better team than Richmond. But they, they, I think they don't even care about playing outside of Victoria. I think they've just gone. You know what? Just as long as we win in Melbourne, we don't. It doesn't matter if we lose outside of Melbourne. I reckon that's what their mindset they have when they do go into state. They're not worried about winning or losing. That's why they seem to lose quite easily out. You know, interstate when they because just as long as you can go unbeatable in the MCG, that's where premierships are won. So I think that's their focus. What do you think, boys? Any of you boys uh, want to uh, take a deep dive into Richmond's uh, psyche of whether they like to uh, play interstate or not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> oh, you. Go, great Bonnie. <laughs> No, you go. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I'm not all that uh, concerned about Richmond. Uh, I'm more, I think maybe we want the Swans at the SCG. That could actually work in our favour compared to playing into the MCG. Well, yeah, well, they can't win at the SCG and we can't win at the MCG. That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. So it's us perfectly. Well, we, we Get gonna, on the Hume. We're going to have to learn how to play at the G because if we do win this week, we're going to definitely play one game yep. there. Uh, then depending on how the cookie crumbles, and we'll, we'll talk later about all the permutations uh, that could go on. Um, so if there's nothing else, uh, don't make me angry. Um, might leave it there. No, not really. I think um, just that one thread of Joe Boys made me angry a little bit, but um, <laughs> no, nothing. It's I've actually uh, can't make me angry this week, but um, we'll just wait to <laughs> see the end of the year. And um, yeah, no, it, it's. With this team and this club, it's all about, since Ruse has come, you know, it's all about once we break a hoodoo, we, 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 we've gotten better. Like, when Ruse first came, remember we couldn't win two games in a row. It took us up until his 
It even took us up until his third year before we actually won two games in a row, I think. And then, you know, then we eventually won four games in a row. Now we won six games in a row. And, you know, then we won Eddie beat, you know, won at Eddie Howard. And now we can't lose at Eddie Howard anymore. Where I think I think we should lobby the AFL to say that make all our home games in the finals at Eddie Howard because I reckon we will, um, we'll have a very good shot there. But, um, yeah, so... That's all, all from me, and uh, go D's. Good night, fellas. Good night, mate. Uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, that was uh, Don't Make Me Angry. Um, he spoke about the hoodoo, so that was it. We ticked off another uh, hoodoo uh, this week, uh, the hoodoo of playing at Optus Stadium that we had a nil win record at. Um, no, obviously, making the finals. Um, that is our... Um, one of our final hoodoos that we need to break. Uh, the next one is win a final. Um, and then the remaining, the last one is the last day in September. Um, I suspect we're going to win our first final, particularly if we win on the weekend, and I suspect we're going to win on the weekend. I'm not worried about Geelong at all, and I think we'd uh, easily advance to the second week. Yeah, I uh, look. I, I don't know if it's just the euphoria of having won last week, but I've got a like. Before last week, I didn't think we'd be able to beat GWS, but now that we've beaten the Eagles, I I think we can beat anyone. So, well, apparently GWS are down to the bare bones on their uh, their list as well. So they that that might not be good for us because we often. They're the players we often uh, crumble to, the complete nobodies. But uh, well, like... I think there might be a couple of, you know, lower lower list ring-ins played on the weekend. Well, it sounds like Kelly's back. Um, I think there was a cloud at, after the game last week on Phil Davis. He seems like he's playing. Um, they might put in an underdone uh, uh, Griffin. Uh, and, and yet Dylan Buckley will still be the one who kicks eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so we finally beat a top eight team this year. Um, that was good. Um, uh, going to beat another one. Uh, embarrassing records, uh, our reaction from, uh, we talked about the reaction from, uh, some of the ex-players, uh, the, the Schwartz one was fantastic. Um, did you like, uh, that the omen of the week, uh, the total of all the, uh, games played, by the MFC players on the weekend, uh, equaling the 1964. Uh, probably means nothing, but it was nice. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a bizarre one, wasn't it? I, 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 who who came up with that? I wonder who. Someone has been sitting every week. Uh, calculating all of the, yeah. the games and Hoping finally we got like one. <laughs> there's some people yeah. with some freaky databases because there's, there's some stats that come out that I, I think, geez, I'd love to be able to, to work that out. Uh, I stand by my comment on your Facebook page when you posted that, that if we don't have any changes <laughs> for the next two weeks, we'll go into the final with them on 2008, which was a spoon year. So <laughs> we, we, we can't, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. That's true. Just go, going back half a tick, the reactions from ex-NFC yeah. players, and he wasn't a player, but it was good to see a tweet from the Reverend on Sunday night. What He'd obviously say? been watching, and uh, I can't, I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember the exact words, but it was basically, you know, bloody brilliant Melbourne, uh, big win. Uh, so, um, yeah, good to see Danner's uh, fired up about it. 
Uh, and that's a, you, you know you've got you've you've got twelve years of people, you know, getting old and and moving on and stuff that that have missed all this. You know that's why it, it irritates me so much when you get people who you know have a problem with the celebrations, um, and, and not even talking <laughs> about the players but the fans. It's like, are you people insane? Like, we know that we haven't won a flag. But it's like throwing a monkey off the back that's just amazing. And there must be people out there who've got parents or grandparents and stuff who have passed away in the last 10 years and never saw a, an, at least another finals, never saw us being respectable again. Um, and, and you know, I just think, how dare people say that you shouldn't be celebrating that? Um, and I very much hope that we've got plenty more to stuff down the throats of the critics in the next few weeks. Well, what do you, while we're on the topic, well, first, before we go to that topic, I'll just say, uh, Neil Danaher said, MFC September action again, bloody brilliant today in the West, go D's 2018. Uh, thanks, Neil. Um, all right, uh, Chris Judd uh, came out and said, we celebrated too hard. Um, I didn't think they acted like gooses. I don't think, no one was doing cartwheels. No one was, uh, you know... Giving the bird to the crowd, uh, was it? Did we celebrate too hard? I, uh, Go back and pull the tapes of the Adelaide game, and I guarantee you the celebrations were no more than minimally more than the Adelaide game. That's how people celebrate a close win. Yeah, in an important game o- on the road, you know, against sort of against the odds. Fifty-five thousand people there booing everything that you do. I thought that was ridiculous. When when Matthew Lloyd's the one being the voice of reason, you know, you said something stupid. Yeah, I really, uh, I, I, I didn't like that. Uh, we've got another caller on the air. G'day. Um, I hope it's not Chris Judd. <laughs> might be. Uh, Chris, how, how are you doing? No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, no, not Chris Judd. Filthy here. How are you going tonight, lads? Not too bad, Filthy. Um, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I just want to talk about how I'm just uh, walking with a, finally walking with a string my step. I'm one of these uh, long, sort of optimistic Melbourne fans. <clears throat> and um, obviously the last 12 years of saying to all my horse, Thorn and Geelong supporting mates, you know, the, the tide will turn and we'll get better. And Dean Bailey was our saviour. And then, you know, players like Shane Valenti and Lucas Cook were going to be our saviour. And, <laughs> Mate, and then, we've, uh, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, obviously with uh, Mark Neild as well, I, I sort of pulled it off a bit early saying, you know, he was going to be the next premiership coach of Melbourne and all these uh, Geelong and Hawthorne supporting friends of mine obviously haven't been able to uh, let me live those down. So it's finally good to be able to um, call up a few mates on Sunday afternoon and collect a few bets when they said that, you know, Melbourne were no chance to make the eight or no chance to beat the Eagles and how we're mentally soft and weak and just watching them pre-game Sunday afternoon, they just looked like a, a team that were going to win. I don't know what it was. Just looking at them, they looked like they were men possessed, and I was super proud of them. And there may have been a, a few tears from a grown man here in Ballarat when uh, Kenty kicked that goal. I just as soon as Kenty kicked that goal, that was a couple of minutes ago. I was like, "No, we've got this in the bag." Um, to be five, six points down when Lacroix <clears throat> kicked that goal, got them in front, and in you know previous even previous weeks compared to previous years, we just, you know, the body language would have changed to a negative sort of vibe and we would have completely lost the plot and the boys dug deep and showed a bit of grit and it was just really good to us, 
uh, good to see that um, yeah, we could finally fight back and prove the doubters wrong, that we're not mentally weak and we deserve to be in the eight and we can actually really give it a good shake and maybe even get there to the uh, last Saturday in September. What, what do you think, boys? The words yeah, last Saturday in September. I just need a. I just need a moment. <laughs> yeah, look, I've I've got belief that you know we can do do some damage. I I, I was saying it sort of the all year, and I th- I think I uh, that I thought we could beat anyone, and I sort of lost a bit of faith after the Geelong thing because I did think we maybe we couldn't get over that mentally weak thing, but um, I think. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's, as I said, maybe it's just the euphoria still from, from Sunday's game. Um, and maybe it's the sunshine in Perth that I experienced. But yeah, I, I feel we can do some damage and, uh, in, in the finals and give it a good crack. I, I, look, I'm, I'm under no illusions to say we're going to get to the final day of September yet, but, um, uh, we're in good stead uh, now, and you know, in in the in the future, um, and I think our time will come. Yeah, that's pretty exciting times, considering that you know, probably the last twelve years has been pretty horrible, <laughs> horrible to be a Melbourne supporter. <laughs> yeah. I suppose there's people even <clears throat> you know older than us, like the the generation before, that had to wait you know twenty three years since sixty four to see. The boys make finals, so I guess 12 years compared to 23. Probably um, a lot of the older people that I sit with at the game, you know, they, they sort of laugh at me when I'm saying, like, oh, 12 years. They're like, well, you didn't need to wait 23 years. You know, they, <laughs> they were sort of around when Ron Barassi was running around and Norm Smith coaching, and they can sort of, they've been lucky enough to, to see a flag, but they've exactly. also had to wait a long time as well. And it's just really pleasing to, to see the boys back in there and even some non Melbourne supporters. Well, excluding the West Coast fans that are still sucking about the umpires, which is hilarious considering they can now chair right most weeks in Perth, but to actually have some even non-Melbourne supporting um, fans come up to work on Monday morning to say how happy they are for Melbourne being finals, and probably because of Nathan Jones. They're just so happy to see that you know Nathan Jones stuck around. He could have left to go to a more successful club, and for him to stick to Melbourne and... Um, finally be able to play finals and, and hopefully as well finish his career as a premiership captain. It was really pleasing to see and I think there's a lot of non-Melbourne fans that have really um, embraced him as a player for being loyal to the club. Yeah, you can't not love uh, Jonesy. Even the guy I was sitting next to uh, at the footy uh, recognised Jonesy as, um, you know, uh, having stuck around and, and he was well-deserving of it. Anything, anything else filthy? No, no, just a uh, very happy man and hopefully we can <laughs> uh, just keep on along for the next few weeks. Well, I, I like your optimism. Keep it keep it up. Um, you know, I think we're we're on the right track. Whether it happens this year, um, it's it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I've got this feeling. So <laughs> don't often get it. I'm more on the pessimistic side usually. So I, I like this this new optimism that I've found, and hopefully it can uh, can stick around for a little while. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, thanks, Filthy. Appreciate the call. Uh, thanks, guys. All right, cheers. Cheers. Well, that was filthy, um, boys. Um, so uh, we did get on Twitter during the week. Someone had um, you know tagged me or whatever it's called on Twitter. Um, 
about Sam Frost, and I thought I've got to mention it. They've asked us to um, to mention it. Uh, just ensuring uh, from Lindsay, uh, just ensuring uh, this gets a mention it deserves. Um, uh, Frosty from Eleven Disposals had a hundred percent efficiency, and I know we've. You know, people have been critical in the past of uh, his efficiency, but hundred uh, percent efficiency. Got to be happy with that. Yeah, I think he's uh, trying to play more, or maybe he's been instructed to play within his limitations. Um, Oscar McDonald is is proving to be quite a reliable um, distributor coming out of the back line. Um, and tends to hit up a target, certainly more so than Frosty does. So there seems to be more of an effort to do it that way rather than um, uh, rather than exiting through Frost. Although his you know kamikaze um, dashes at the speed of light uh, through half back are good for sort of gaining um, territory. Um, he, he can uh, obviously cough it up that way. So yeah, he's look he's been really good. And uh, the only question is why why didn't uh, Goodwood go for him sooner uh, once Lever came out? Yeah, look, I, I definitely think we should have played him when we played uh, Petty. Um, I'm hoping Petty comes along, uh, but and uh, and we I think at the beginning of the year we we're quite happy for Petty to play out the the year in the in the twos and get his grounding there. But I think Frost should have come in there, and I. I, I Look, can't say whether we would have won that St Kilda game uh, had he been in or not, but um, yeah, perhaps a, a more experienced head would have been better on that day. Uh, yeah. Speaking of defenders, uh, when when Hibbard crossed the boundary line and uh, went for the hammy, how Ooh, was your blood yeah. pressure? Oh yeah, um, yeah, I wasn't happy because uh, he's very important to the team uh, in the experience, in his abilities. Um, you know, those big kicks into the forward line out of defence. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying, and we'll talk about injuries shortly, um, they're saying it's just a corky to the hammy. Um, and Misson did say he was still sore today, but they've ruled out any um, muscular damage. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully he'll play. Fascinating to see that they've got the machine on the sidelines there that obviously gives them an initial assessment as to... What's going on? Um, incredible to see that kind of technology yeah, so, that can be used uh, on the spot. So I heard that I heard that in Misson's thing how they looked at that um, looked at that during the game, and I saw it mm. a few weeks ago with uh, Brendan Goddard when he did something in the St Kilda game. They were able to, you know, they kept showing the boundary line and all the doctors huddling around the the cameras to sort of see that. So it's fantastic that there's that type of technology. I don't know how long that's been around where they've been able and. Obviously, they need to have have had cameras on on at on the incident at the time, but it's great that they can sort of in real time sort of um, look at those uh, things. Yep. Yep. Um, do we need to say anything more, uh, Super Mercado? Did you want uh, to rant any more about the Chris Judd thing uh, in particular? Or are we are we done that? Oh, I just think <laughs> that you know what what a joyless individual and uh, I do tend to buy into the conspiracy theory in the chat room uh, that it was just pure clickbait um, because I think anything involving Hutchie um, has two aspects one is that they enjoy clickbait and two is that they enjoy selling ads to you know carpet stores in Euroa. Um but I, I'll 
if I was him, I wouldn't have even. But if if Hutchie had come to me and said, "Do this line," I would have said, "Get stuffed," because that just painted him as the most robotic human around. Um, and yes, I know he was actually paying us a compliment as a football club, yeah, yeah, saying we should be aiming further than that. But if you can't understand why the players were happy to have won that game, and again, go back and look at any close win especially an interstate win, and tell me how much more they celebrated that. Uh, I actually thought the theme song didn't even have the gusto that I expected it to in the end. Um, so I would say it's just insane to suggest that they went over the top there. Um, and like I said, Matthew Lloyd, I know he's bagged us before when, we've, when we were five years ago going bananas, probably twice as bananas as that for winning games. Um, and even he was in coming out in defence of us. So uh, I just think absolute insanity by Chris Judd. Um, maybe he's maybe he's regretting his decision to uh, take big cardboard money instead of coming to play for us in <laughs> in two thousand and seven. Well, he's been quite bullish on the D's all year, and I know in that thing he was trying to pay us a compliment, but I think that it, it's just. A ludicrous thing to say, considering the circumstances. If this had just been a, a game during the year, I don't know. I don't, even then, I don't think they celebrate. Again, just go, if you yeah. just go back, and I, I, I'm quite happy to go back and look at all our close wins interstate over the last few years. But when we beat Adelaide, at the first game at the Adelaide Oval, 2014 or 15, whenever that was, I, I guarantee you the players were going off like they were there. That was absolutely nothing to get excited about yeah. from his perspective. It was plenty to get excited about from our player's perspective. Um, but, of course, if you're watching it and you're listening to the commentary where the commentators is, oh, the D's are going back to September, you're, you're drawing that conclusion that they're going off because they're going back in September. Whereas I'm sure, and ask a player the next time you've got one on, were they even thinking that? Or were they just thinking, we won a close game, and then, oh, yeah, and by the way, that gets us into the finals. Um, absolutely ridiculous by Judd. Yeah, I agree. And I must say, we, uh, in, uh, just, uh, we've just been uh, bought out. Uh, Demon Land has been bought out by Croc Media. And, um, well, that'll, that'll, be me go- that'll be me off. See you later. You can, uh, <laughs> this sacking care- courtesy of Carpet Call Benalla. <laughs> well, I was surprised, actually, that you're on tonight anyway, Super Mercado, because... I tend to associate you with the old Melbourne. You're well, from yes. the Vale of Negativity School. Um, and obviously, we've uh, that club is now dead, buried and cremated in Tony Abbott's The Vale, words, of, so. the vale of Negativity has been tossed off and replaced with the uh, Vale of Triumph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. Uh, good evening. You're on the air. G'day, fellas. It's Binman. Uh, Binman, how you doing, mate? Uh, very, very excited still. I, I can imagine, and, uh, uh, as we all are. Yeah, let me be the first to say that I uh, don't mind saying that I predicted we'd win on uh, this podcast exactly a week ago, and um, and so it passed. I was so excited uh, on Saturday, uh, Sunday, I should say, um, as excited as I've been for a long, long time in a footy match, that's for sure. Yeah, it, w- it was amazing. Um, uh, what was your reaction <laughs> during the game? Do you have a reaction Well, story? like, uh, don't make you angry. Uh, no, someone else, one of the other callers, um, my wife doesn't quite understand the uh, passion to which I follow the uh, game. And so I was watching the um, game with headphones on, so no sound, um, 
relatively quiet until the, the last quarter. A couple of expletives around umpiring decisions and um, a few uh, random, you know, well done boys. But uh, uh, I ramped up the excitement somewhat and the volume somewhat um, um, when Ken kicked that goal and even the lead up to that. So, yeah, it was uh, probably quite a strange sound. I had the kids coming running to see what was happening because, of course, they couldn't hear the football because I had the headphones on. <laughs> um, just my uh, my yelling. I I actually, when uh, Kent kicked that uh, goal, I sort of cheered, so jumped up and cheered so loudly that I actually got dizzy. Is that is that it happened to any of you guys, <laughs> or is it just my unhealthy well, body? <laughs> yeah, I did on Sunday so much I yelled so loudly. I take uh, I actually take two Panadol um, to the game with me. Um, like I've got two Panadol in my pocket every time I go to the footy, just in case it's uh, uh, it becomes one of those high level games. Because then I inevitably um, inevitably uh, um, don't feel great at some point is that, from shouting and screaming. Is that from for headaches or for stomach yeah. issues or, or or for like no headaches yeah, from yeah. from shouting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take stomach issues. I often find myself going to the game feeling sick in the stomach. Um, doesn't tend to happen as much. Like the weekend, I, I was like so tense, um, but I didn't have that sickness in the stomach that I would have had I been had that been happening inside the MCG. Like the the um, first the quarter time of the round twenty three last year, I just felt sick to my stomach. Like I'd, you know, someone would, had dropped an anvil on my stomach. So you can take the uh, the head. Complaints, and I'll take the stomach complaints. Well, I sometimes get the stomach things, but that might be the uh, pie and uh, hot dog that I have <laughs> before the game. I must say, the food, the food at uh, it was it was quite weird going to to Perth because the food was uh, completely different, uh, different brands of pies. Um, just uh, I don't know. It, it just didn't seem uh, the same so i don't know it felt a bit funny and i was surprised there wasn't any hungry jacks uh, outlets there considering that's their uh, that's their major sponsor but that could or be chicken treat classic western australian uh, fast food yeah i think there outlet. was some yeah there was something there i don't know there was funny some funny food going around there that it just didn't I have ate, that same I feel i ate chicken treat in western australia and i may as well have eaten roadkill off the side <laughs> of the road for the, uh, the the joy it gave me it was one of the worst fast foods i've ever had in my life uh, we apologise to our sponsors, Chicken Treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that would be a classic Hutchie sponsor in WA. Uh, big man, what else have you got uh, for us? Uh, do you have a, pro, uh, a prognosis? Uh, the prognosis? Do you have a prediction uh, for this week? <laughs> uh, well, a couple of things that uh, in the game itself. I was, I mean, I had different emotions in different games. I think it sort of depends on how I go into it. But I was really confident before the game and even when we got headed I was confident and it sort of surprised me watching the replay that I'd forgotten that we got 27 points up and I was thinking if we'd lost it it would have been uh, you know on Demon Land for instance it would have been about you know it's Geelong all over we can't maintain a lead what sort of team loses a five goal after leading by five goals but it was a thrilling game I mean it wasn't as if it didn't feel like we dropped off it felt like they pressed and we couldn't 
you know, our game plan, as we've talked about on Moonland all year, is that high press. And if they get out the back and they, they score, and um, but I, I, even when Lacroix kicked that goal, I was still confident there was a lot of time left that it wasn't as if we were dropping. Um, and I thought we, I mean, I thought it was really helpful that the weather was great, the conditions were great, because, you know, we just don't play that well in, in average conditions. Um, so, you know, I was quietly confident even when they did head us. So, but normally I'm, you know, I, you know, I go into a coma almost, but I was confident that we would do it. And, you know, in terms of prognosis, I just think that the relief was such that, you know, I really wonder whether, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go roll through the finals or anything, but the psychology of it is that if we win this week, it is a bit like 87, sorry, 80, is it 87? Yeah, 87. We rolled, um, where we get a bit of momentum up because our game plan is, you know, whatever you think about Melbourne is sort of a team, our game plan is potentially the most damaging, even more so than Richmond's. Richmond's all about that hold and press and the all-team um, pressure, but we're the highest scoring team, uh, and we're you know we're four what four games behind Richmond, yet we've scored more points or around about the same amount. Um, you know we've got a very damaging game plan that I think you know Ruse and Goodwin have been talking about a game plan that holds up in finals for four or five years now, uh, and I think it does. You know yeah. we've got the high scoring of the Bailey era combined with the um, you know the manic pressure. It's a, it's a pretty damaging combination. And now that, you know, the monkey off the back sort of thing against the top two team and we're in, you know, I think we could get on a bit of a roll. There was that interesting, um, uh, these mean nothing, but it's uh, the, the statistic of the close games if they went the reversal. Um, and it means nothing because we lost some of those games because we, you know, couldn't handle the pressure maybe, uh, but we'd be two cl- two games clear on top of the ladder uh, if those yeah, games had been yeah. reversed. And, so, and, and just the last comment I'd make is just exactly on that point, is that there's been a thread pretty much all year is Goodwin uh, on Demon Land is Goodwin the right guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, in that there's been some, I think, some pretty you know, silly comments, but I guess that's okay. Well, obviously it's okay, but, um, you know, I think credit where credit's due. Um, he is... We've come back. We've won that uh, Adelaide game after the Geelong game. To yep. get them up after that Geelong game, given yep. the, how horrifying that loss was, was a fantastic effort. And to get them back after how poor we were against Sydney, up for this game, and they were on right from the beginning and yep. right to the end. I think, you know, if you're going to knock the guy for for whatever his tactical weaknesses might be or whatever the case, you've got to give credit where credit's due in terms of getting the team ready and also the selection. You know, people criticise, you know, Frost not coming in earlier, but he did bring him in. Um, He's dropped Fritch back, which I think has been a real masterstroke to cover for Hibbert. Um, And, you know, I think he's he's pulled a lot of right strings and all power to it. And just imagine what this team's going to be like with another year under their belt, another two years under their belt. Um, I can't see us going backwards, so um, yeah. Uh, no, no, and and I'll tell the lies that the last thing, the last thing that I will say is exactly that as well is that his game plan. They've said they'll stick with it, and even in that Geelong game, he made the point that we outscored them in scoring shots at the end. So he's drilling into them, and you hear in the um, players afterwards, it's our game plan. We're going to stick with it. We're going to make the other teams respond to us. Um, and I think that's what he's trying to drill in. Maybe in two years' time, we'll be able to get to where the Hawks did, and you know, in the middle of a game, we can go to Plan B and Plan C, and 
you know, but you need to know how to do plan A first exactly. before you flip to plan B or C. Exactly. Agree, 100%. Um, anything else, big man? Uh, good on you, fellas. been really enjoying the podcast and hopefully we'll get a few more weeks of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll definitely be going throughout uh, finals as long as we go and uh, obviously we'll be back uh, for... Uh, you know, we do the trade and draft periods, so there'll still be uh, Demonland podcasts uh, right up until uh, November. Well, thanks for calling, Big Man. Pre- pre- we yeah. appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. That was uh, Bin Man, uh, Demonland poster. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't come visit Demonland often, come and join us. Uh, Demonland.com, join up. You can chat with us. We don't bite. Punch on in the was the game rigged thread. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Sometimes you just got to let threads like that uh, run their own course. Um, well, can I just say my favourite thread? Because I was I lurked for many many years. It's the the nine hundred and seventy six page no TS no BS thread <laughs> that's been going since July eight two thousand eleven. So I, I would l- lurk to the front page of Demonland for for many a year without posting, and it's just a constant. For that seven years, all we've been through, that thread is always on the front page. Uh, I think it's I think it's an iconic part of the uh, the club's culture. Yeah, I can just imagine someone who's never been to Demon Lake coming stumbling on that thread, reading it. Uh, start at one. Fr- start at page one to page ten thousand or whatever it's on. Yeah, uh, nine hundred and seventy six at the moment. Yeah, good luck with that, and uh, let us know uh, if you come out sane on the other end. I don't think I've been in that thread for. A number of years, um, but that also will uh, will remain. Um, uh, is there m- need to talk about the the Casey game? I didn't see it. Uh, they their streak <laughs> is gone. Um, there's not many Melbourne listed players left. No. In there. I feel for Casey at this time of year when there's been some injuries and the like. Um, you know they go. You know, once again, they might get get, get into a, a final series and not have any players left. At least we won't just maliciously pull all the players out like we did about uh, probably. I think it was our first year with Casey. Uh, we gave them what, sort of one or two players in the, and they lost to Collingwood by about 120 <laughs> points in their their first final. That was uh, that was a low moment of the affiliation with Casey. Uh, right at the start, so I'm sure now we uh, we treat them with more respect, given that they're basically, uh, you know, a, a quasi reserves team now, and they've got our man in charge. Uh, it's not an independent team that's just using our players. We're actually, uh, it basically is a protectorate of the Melbourne Football Club. Um, I'm sure they'll get a decent run. They should get a couple of players back. Um, and if you, if your Jay Kennedy Harris's of the world aren't going to come back in the side, Cameron Pedersen, Garlett, even. Um, they should still get a few good good players from us. Um, in terms of uh, injuries, uh, Joel Smith and Hills Bells has just pointed out in the uh, chat room uh, that Joel Smith and Hunt uh, might be back as soon as this week. Uh, certainly, if not this week, next week. Uh, can you see a spot for, well, perhaps not Hunt at the moment, he might have to earn it, but Joel Smith, can you, with, with Hibbert back in the team, um, Bailey Fritch playing along the half-back. Can you see Joel Smith getting back into the team uh, without there being potentially, potentially one of them coming back because I've seen this on the, on the changes thread suggested by a few people. 
uh, would be to try and then move Bailey back up the ground, um, either to the forward line or uh, perhaps on the wing. Um, he, look, he's done really well down back, but there are times when he gets exposed just because he clearly hasn't played back there a lot. So he's doing an incredible job, um, given the fact that he's just sort of been thrown there after spending a few weeks um, on the wing, after spending a few weeks in the forward line. So, um, yeah, that could be a possibility, I think. Are you excited about the prospect of uh, Jack Viney uh, returning in a couple of weeks, uh, probably as early as uh, first final? I saw Jack the other day. In the flesh or on TV? Um, no, no, I ran into him. Well, lucky I didn't run into <laughs> yeah. him because he was walking and I was driving. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I did drive past him and as I reported on Demon Land, he didn't seem to be in any discomfort in the split second that I passed him. Um, and so, is, that your, is that your medical opinion? <laughs> well, How fast I'm, were you driving? I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, but it was pretty clear what was going on. And I think it's actually poor form from Misso and the medical team that he hasn't played sooner because oh, really? he looked ready to me. <laughs> well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll send uh, that feedback to the club and... <laughs> Question I have about that, and I do not doubt the power of Jack Viney to make a difference, but I think Tyson's actually had the best yes. few weeks that he's had probably since his first season. 2014, yeah. The last yep. few weeks. So, you know, where where does that where do they fit in together? Does Tyson sort of have to take a back seat where he might not be as effective, um, or do they just take the pragmatic decision to say, chop, yeah, best, where there's no place team. for both of them? Um, which I think would be really, um, you know, a, a real letdown for him because, like I said, I think he's been in really good form the last few weeks. Yeah, look, but yeah, yeah I, I see what you're saying. I guess you've got to pick your best team. But, um, I mean, when you talk about Viney being captain, uh, yeah. do you play him in the two? How, you know, how can you play him the twos to earn it, that he has to earn his uh, spot in some? Well, are guess... you even allowed to play him in the twos? Like, I don't yeah. know whether what the VFL schedule is <laughs> like, but and yeah, when do they go into the finals where he's not even eligible to oh, play? That's, that's no, but it used to be that if your senior team's uh, playing, you can play. Oh, that's play right, still reality scam. Yeah, they get into the grand final. Um, so you can do that. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe can't. But it, it, anyway, yeah. Do you do you play him in the twos? Do you uh, put him straight back in? Do you, and look, it's a sign of having a good team when yeah, you have to drop players that maybe don't deserve it because a better player is coming back to their spot. And um, I think sometimes, sometimes you do need to be pragmatic. Like earlier this year, I remember Bug kick four against North. We shouldn't have picked him the next week. I can't remember why, but I remember a hundred. There was. There was not he was not required the next week, but it's like he's kicked four, he's played a good game, you've got to play him. And I think that might have been into the Hawthorne game potentially. Um, but it's a situation like that where you say to Tyson, well, we, we can't drop him because he's been playing well. But then you start messing around with the, the structure of the team that has worked reasonably well um, for the last few weeks. Uh, D old fart. Uh, in the chat room has said there's a bit of talk on Demon Land that uh, Jack Viney might play for Casey during the bye. And Small but Forward has said, drop Tyson or Spargo for Viney. Well, he, said, he hasn't said that. He's asked that question. If uh, you drop Spargo for Viney, it's not 
it's still it's not um you know it's not anywhere like for like yeah um i certainly think this week spargo i don't want to get into the changes too early but i think spargo could do with a couple of weeks off we can talk about changes now we're we're pretty much well i mean there's not probably that many to be had but i guess the question is does does hibbard is hibbard rested well they Um, they say he's available but that's just uh, yeah do they say not take a chance there um, and do they, you know, give Spargo that that two weeks off? And I would say I'd be more than happy for Spargo to come back into the side um, for the final. But I just think he's looked cooked the last couple of weeks. Like all season, he he, he hasn't he hasn't got the tank to play four quarters. Yeah. And plus, he's played I think fourteen games at eighteen years old. Yeah. I, I think he I think he deserves to play in the finals team. But I'd be happy if they let him put his feet up for the next couple of weeks. Who would you uh, bring in for him? Um, wow, I, I went for Bug, um, but I would be open to Kennedy Harris as well. Not Garlett? Do you think Garlett's uh, that's a, it's over? Well, I, seek trade I don't know if it's at the over, end. but Kent, Hannon, Garlett, it's yeah. I don't see what you're saying. And I know just a few weeks ago we were talking about how much better Melksham looks when Garlett's in the side, um, but. Yeah, again, Melksham just kicked four goals without Garland on the side, and he's been had an absolutely uh, perfect ball laid on him in the square from Hannon. Does Hannon play the same role that uh, Garland does? Is it the role, not the player? Um, so, I mean, personally, yeah, I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick Garland. I think that Sydney game was a um, a really poor game, uh, and I would would want him to, you know, get back get to the back of the queue, especially now that Kent. I mean, he didn't do much at the start of the game. But he had a really good second half even before the goal. Uh, I think he deserves to stay in the side as well. I agree. Great, Viney. Any thoughts on, on that in terms of changes? Uh, yeah. I, I, look, I didn't see any of the Casey games. I'm not sure about the form of Doug, yeah, yeah. but I don't trust him. Um, uh, I, you know, I think his disposal and decision-making um, uh, is is not up to um, not up to par. Um Look, Spargo, I agree with Spargo, he's looking um, looking more and more tired each week. And I think, uh, I'm certainly not advocating the return of Jeffy Garlick because I don't think he's earned it, but I did think that we actually lacked a genuine crummer on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that sort of worried me was the ease with which, particularly in the second and third quarters, they were able to rebound um, from uh, from our... Um, forward line when the ball came to ground, and I think we, at the moment we're missing that that genuine crummer, um, as sort of versatile as Hannon and others um, like A and B are down there. Um, I'm just I was just having a look at the stats, and then I've just realised that we haven't talked about um, Harms and Brayshaw, and Harms hasn't he just been fantastic the last five weeks? He's taken his game to the next level. Uh, he's impacting the scoreboard. He's taking guys out of the game, but still getting you know twenty eight possessions of his own. He's had seven tackles. Uh, just remarkable. P- possibly for mine, um, most improved uh, award. Definitely most improved at Melbourne, and one of the yeah, yeah, most improved in the competition. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think it, again, uh, it comes down to neatly. composure and decision making. Um, that last bit of play where he spotted up Kent, 
um, you know, that's not the James Harms of old who would have either gone for goal or tried a di- different option and not nailed it. Um, so but even he's the, just looking like a completely different player. Even the time that he did go for goal, I think it was one of the first goals of the game, uh, the, the one where Cl- Clary fell over, it, it was just he didn't quite sell the candy where you put your arm out, but he sort of did a sidestep and he just looked really good moving through traffic and... Um, yeah, good finish too. Great finish, great finish. Uh, and you know he slotted a few goals the last couple of games. So um, really like the Demon Land podcast to own James Hart. It is. We've interviewed him seventeen times this year. Um, and and how, when did he? When did you last interview him? Just um, well after, and he kicked three goals the next week. So uh, and yes, what's happened since? We've uh, we got into the finals, and he has been <laughs> integral to the excellent. He's been amongst the best players uh, almost every week since. Now you sort of expect him to be in the middle for every ball up, and um, you know certainly at the beginning of the year we weren't thinking that. And I'm wrapped. He's he's <laughs> been amazing. Brayshaw as well. Um, you know we've said it a few weeks this year, but um, he's just. He's also taken another step up this year and, you know, 10 tackles and 26 disposals is just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. He's been, um, he's been very good. Um, you know, the, the disposal efficiency is not spectacular, no, no. but that's not always, you know, you need some players in the team who are just full-scale grunts yeah. rather than the silky players. And I think that's probably been our problem for a few years that we didn't have the silk whereas now we're starting to get some of that in. Yeah. Um, well, we've now gone back to talking about the players. So um, we'll talk about changes. I think it's more of a resting uh, thing. I don't think anyone's going to get uh, dropped no, for their performance. I, uh, I guess the question is, if Hibbert does get rested, is that, like if Joel Smith is fit, does well, he play? If, if Joel Smith is not fit, there is not a lot in the tank in defence. Uh, Wagner, perhaps. Yep. Uh, I have be, no idea what the first form, one I could form, think of as well. Which what, I don't know what his form's like, but uh, fire, but yeah, for a last round, um, for a last round sort of filler. Um, but do we Why go? Re- uh, obviously, if there's injury concerns, you've got to rest. But I wouldn't be doing a Frio and <laughs> resting players because I, I think we've got. I think we need to go out for the win. Um, and I'm not suggesting we wouldn't, uh, but we've got a home. And we can final rest to, afterwards. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Come for, it's, for it's better at this point, I think, to get them to keep the momentum going. Yeah. Than anything, it's, um, you know, winning here would be massive, especially with the week off as well. I suppose. Like, I'm not sure whether better to just roll straight into the finals, 1998 style, on a big run. Um, but at least the win going into the break would would probably build up the first final to be absolutely massive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, not that it won't the, be anyway. The, look, the AFL have the rest uh, for a reason. It might help us with getting Viney ready. So um, and maybe a few of the other players. But um, we'll see how that goes for us. Uh, the road to the cup, or just even the road to the first week of finals. Um, how many? Oh, I would be meaning to say it all game. Um, when we won the game, I was obviously ecstatic and elated that we had won, but I didn't actually realise that we were 
a shoe in. I've done so many permutations uh, of finals, uh, you know, so many of the ladder predictors that I didn't realise that we were in, that that was – I was still thinking I had to sweat on other results yep. uh, the next week. So it wasn't until afterwards and I'm reading on Demon Land and I'm like, oh, my God. We, so <laughs> I had a second wind of elation. I didn't actually – because I wasn't standing with anyone that I knew and I wasn't even around other Melbourne supporters. I didn't realise that that had got us into the finals. Uh, so it wasn't until about ten minutes later that I realised. Uh, but now, go with... Port Port losing to Collingwood was what uh, set it up as a a win and in yeah. proposition. See, I didn't know that going into the game. Um, possibly because I was a little uh, drunk the day before, <laughs> <laughs> so watching the uh, watching the, that Geelong abomination game. Um, so the road. To the finals. Uh, what, what, what's your preferred? Uh, obviously, you would like a home final, but um, the rest of the the rest. Who do you want to win this week? Super oh, To oh, be I honest, I, I can't. I, I've I've spent so much psychic energy concentrating <laughs> on getting us into the finals. <laughs> you haven't thought like, about. I'm I'm just fl- I'm just like not flat in a bad way, but just now I just can't even contemplate. Like people who have got these theories that if Fremantle beat Collingwood, oh, and we win, that. we might finish fourth no, no, no. and all that. Nah, I can't do that. Like I've yeah. I've got on my famous the, the artist formerly known as the Bradbury plan, plan ladder predictor. I've got we play Sydney at home again if they lose to Hawthorne. And then if you fling that around the other way and say Hawthorne win, we play GWS. No, we play Hawthorne here. Um, but then if we lose to GWS, it gets different. Then we play Sydney in Sydney. Um, and then if Sydney lose to Hawthorne and we lose to GWS, I almost just put a 780-point win in there. Uh, I've got us playing Collingwood, which would be excitement plus. Wait, what... what... I thought there's you know, those there's the there's the four swing. I, I don't get Geelong at all because I think people are factoring in Geelong not beating our not beating our percentage. Oh, um, whereas <laughs> no, no, if no. they don't win if they don't win by a hundred against Gold Coast, they're kidding themselves. They'll win by eighty at least, which is more than enough for the. Uh, there's no way they're not going to put them absolutely away. Maybe Let's hope they go for the full one ninety experience. Yeah. But we only need to win, and their percentage then no, becomes irrelevant. If we win, it's we're, f- we're fifth, unless yep. uh, Collingwood loses. Uh, Collingwood's not going to lose uh, to Frio. If anyone watched the Geelong Fremantle game last week, and I know that you know teams can have turnarounds, uh, Collingwood aren't going to lose that game. Do you think there's any way that Collingwood loses that game? No, Either not at all. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So I'm going on the premise that we're going to finish either fifth or eighth. Um, so f- fifth, we play Ge- Geelong. Um, eighth, we play GWS. I don't think there's yep. any other way, any other combination. No, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, so I guess... Because uh, I've got Hawthorne. Hawth- Hawthorne is only 0.2 behind Collingwood. Yep. So presumably, yes, Co- Collingwood... Beats Fremantle by more than Hawthorne would beat oh, Sydney. Okay, yes, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So Collingwood should. Uh, much, much. <coughs> so, uh, so I probably need to factor in. I've only got Collingwood beating Freo by twenty. 
so if we finish it to Collingwood losing to Collingwood beating Frio by 50, that changes Collingwood back into fourth and then Hawthorne into fifth. So we play Hawthorne. Where are you getting that we play Hawthorne in the first week of finals? Yep. So Hawthorne beat Sydney. Yeah. That's if we lose to GWS. Yeah. So then Hawthorne finish fifth. We finish eighth because Geelong massacre Gold Coast and jump us and then Sydney. No, but GWS, don't GWS, if Hawthorne win, they're above GWS. I don't think we can play uh, Hawthorne in the first final. No. We can only play GWS, even if we... Well, I'll be hoping that whatever we need to do, it gets that does, like I told you so. The the thing I'm talking about is the West Coast, the route of West Coast uh, having to fly uh, to Perth for a preliminary final. Um, I think fifth or eighth uh, puts us in that side of the... um, that side of the draw. Right, we don't Uh, want that. So what we want is uh, Collingwood to uh, beat them... um, I guess, in the if if Collingwood then beat them, that's the ideal scenario for us, um, not having to go through Perth, unless you want to go through Perth. <laughs> I would, I would uh, rather we're going not, pretty well on the road at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just seeing it from, saying it from a selfish point of view that I don't have to travel um, because I've made a known. Uh, to my loved ones, that um, if we play GWS in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Sydney. Yeah, I likewise. I'm, I will go anywhere, and I say now anywhere but Perth, but I think if it was the first week of the finals, I would go back to Perth. Not that it will be, but yeah. should it should it have been, I would have gone there. Um, so Sydney, if Sydney's a doddle, no drama. I'll, I'll get in the car and drive there. Mm. I've just been redoing the official ladder predictor and I've got no idea how my bootleg one that I've been working on all season has ended with us playing Hawthorne. We, but... we can't. It's, it's, if we, there's only two possibilities. Because uh, I'm with the assumption that Geelong's going to thump um, Gold Coast because I don't think we're either playing GWS or Geelong, win or lose, you know, depending on whether we win or lose. Yep. Unless you want to factor in Fremantle somehow beating Collingwood and then there's the possibility we play Richmond. Yeah, I've got no idea what I've yeah. done. <laughs> adding adding scores to a buddy spreadsheet all year, yeah. I think, has uh, finally come back to haunt me just in round need... 23 when I was waiting for the AFL to get their bloody ladder predictor up. Anyway, whatever. I'll play yeah. anyone. I don't anyway. care. Yeah, Bring I, I, on. I'm like that too. But I, my concern was whether we want to go through Perth in a preliminary final. And I know we're getting so ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we we skipped a week of finals <laughs> putting ourselves in. So let's, yeah, let's Who do we get in the away. grand final in that case? Yeah, Is that Richmond, Richmond then? Probably Richmond. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do them. Apparently it's the first time that Melbourne, Richmond and Collingwood have been in the final since 1939. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, look, the and, we o- all know what, and we all know what happened there. The AFL so world, must... world leaders, calm down. <laughs> yeah. The they AFL the must be... Lo- a world war kicked off. The AFL must be loving uh, that that fact. And I'm sure they like uh, that we're back in the finals too. Oh, and Hawthorne and GWS, oh, they'll be loving it. They're probably a bit bit grim about, uh, you know, one of the Adelaide teams missing out. That'll stuff the ratings in South Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would have, <clears throat> they would have liked uh, Port... Uh, and can I just say that how remarkable Port's 
the fact that Port have actually plummeted to the point where they can't get in going into the last round. This, this amazing finals run that was being talked up also by me as one of the greatest finishes to a season of all time I uh, think has ended with the, the top eight absolutely sealed with nine games to play. Uh, but look at Port. They lost... They lost. They got ripped off with the guy hitting the post and getting the goal. Yep. And they they copped a goal after the siren. Yeah. Like that, that is just. And they were nineteen nil, I think, up against Collingwood the other day. Um, that is just one of the most remarkable plunges um, that I, I have ever seen. Um, and you've got to feel for. And this is a controversial topic. I know this is more divisive than anything. You've got to feel for Jack Watts. He can't make a final. <laughs> he can't make a final. And it's not even like a Nathan Brown, Bulldogs Nathan Brown style scenario where it's like he left, and then you laugh at him because he didn't make a final. Yeah. It's kind of like shit, man. Like, you know, the the other th- uh, for some reason they seem to have about ten percent of our list from twenty thirteen. <laughs> Um, but you know, Jack Trengove, look, he's, he's like an emergency player only. I would like to see him play a final, but that's not to be expected. Don Barry couldn't care less. Jimmy Tumpus, I'm, I think he's still on their list. Um, but Watts was kind of like Lyndon Dunn in that I wanted to see, I wanted him to make a final. Um, not not like Jeremy Howe, who I didn't want to make a final. Um, so it's, you know, look, it's, it benefits us. So bad luck ultimately, um, you know, their likelihood is they're going to win 13 games and, and miss the, miss the eight. Um, but that's someone I, th- I did think about the other day cause, cause I, you know, I still want to see him do well, obviously not at our expense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, uh, a remarkable how they've plummeted to their death in the last couple of weeks, just via sort of novelty, Novelty things happening to them. Well, I predicted I predicted that they would fall. I've been looking at their they had a pretty tough um, run home, um, so it's, I wasn't really going out on a limb there. But I did predict yeah, a few. Weeks but it's not even just the losses; were... it's just the nature of the yeah, losses. That's true. You know, if they don't lose those three players at the end of the West Coast game, and West Coast were that was an, almost a Melbourne Sydney esque last quarter of them plowing forward at every opportunity and having absolutely no system with what they were doing. And they just, in the end, by brute force, got there. Um, And then, obviously, a kick after the siren as well. Like, you take factor that out. Like, I don't, can you do a reverse ladder predictor and go back and change results? No, you can't. That's stupid. That's that's a limitation of the AFL. (laughs) Um, But if you take, throw another four points on port, um, you know, they're effectively... If you take before our game, they'd be they if they beat Essendon, they'd be the four points ahead of us, and yeah. we would still either be needing to win or play against Geelong's percentage to make make the eight this week. Yeah, exactly. Thank you to goal umpires. Yes. Thank you to Mitch McGovern. <laughs> uh, and thank the, you. Is that the, the West Coast one? The fascinating thing about what and we saw this on the thread which is now locked uh, on Demon Land, yeah, is that some Melbourne people are still Blake. wedded to the fantasy that we would be a better team if Jack Watts was in it, which I find just extraordinary, um, not only on all the evidence that we had over the years at Melbourne, but it's it's quickly been found out at Port. It didn't take half a season for him uh, to be dropped back to the sandfall, so... I'm staggered that people can still hold on to the notion that um, that would be better um, if he was still at Melbourne. Yeah, it'd be easier to it would be easier to have that argument if Fritch hadn't been such a success. Exactly. 
if Fritch had just been a – if Fritch was Spargo, if we got Spargo with that pick and you'd say, well, Spargo's been good, but he hasn't been great, whereas Fritch has been great. Um, yeah. and, and I still I still think it's a case of it's it's where the one doesn't lead to the other. Just because you get pick 31 and then pick 31 turns out to be a good player, that doesn't mean that trading the player for pick 31 was a good thing. But in this case, we, we've lucked out, and I use that term respectfully to recruiters, that we've got the pick right. So what we got for Watts has turned out to be a really good deal. Um, so I agree. Look, I've always been a fan of Watts, but um, I think we've we've made out like bandits uh, with Fritch. So it's I can't say I agree. I can't see how you could argue that we'd be a better team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've always wanted the fairy tale of Watts to to you know get there eventually. It just never did. And if you ask me, who would I prefer? tomorrow to play for us, Fritch or Watson, it's Fritch every day of the week. Um, What do you make of like Port and Essendon? They were the two darlings of the trade uh, period. We were getting A pluses and uh, from every, all pundits, but um, neither of them made the finals. And um, whilst, you know, some of those uh, recruits, Essendon's recruits sort of you'd give ticks to, um, they haven't made finals in the end. At least they got it right in the second half of the year, yeah. um, which is one thing, which is not always a reliable indicator of future success. I remember, I think, the year before Terry Wallace got the sack, Richmond ploughed home with about eight wins in the last ten games or something and then just went back to being duds the next year. Um, but I, I think, yeah, Essendon's trajectory is pointing up. Whereas Port, I mean, Port, I still think they've got good players. Mm. Um, but... You know, where yeah, whether the trade, whether your Motlops, whether your Lindsay Thomases, Watts, you know, are they the are they the kind of players who are gonna, you know, deliver success? Yeah. Obviously based on based on this year, um, as much as they were very unlucky against the Crows, um, it, it hasn't looked like a great side for more than a couple of weeks at a time. You know what? I don't feel sorry for them, uh, considering the, you know we talked about uh, armchair rides from umpires. Um, uh, whether umpiring results can have an effect on games? Uh, just go back to the game against uh, us in that uh, last quarter. Um, yeah, everyone else, everyone but us can burn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. We should clap our hands. Uh, any other topics you, you'd like to bring up uh, uh, before we put this one in the can? No, but a big shout-out to all the negative Nellies, most of whom uh, weren't to be seen on Demon Land this week, uh, gone into hiding um, after the weekend's win. So, you, don't want um, to name any yeah. na- you don't want to name any names. <laughs> I've been a negative uh, Nelly, no, but, no, I always, but is, I always rock up, though. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, uh, talking about certain posters who yeah. only ever post negative things. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, that's okay. The humble pie will be waiting for them for their return. I think there's a difference between yeah. A lot of people can uh, can have negative posts, but there are certain people who almost just they want the club to fail. Oh yeah, 100%. so that they can say they were right. Yeah, I told you. So. And I've got a mate like that who's he's a Collingwood fan, and he's got actually got to the point where he he's he hates Buckley so much that now he's had to give up. <laughs> And it's like he still, he still is like, no, nah, it's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong. It's yeah, going to go yeah. wrong. And it's like it's time to wave the white flag, man. And I see that so much, and that happens so much with Watts as well. People were just desperate for him to fail, so that they could go. I was right. 
told you he was never going to amount to anything. And there'd be the occasional spike, like when he kicked that goal against Gold Coast that won us the game or he had a great game where, again, all those people would just melt away for a bit, then bang, they'd come back the moment something went wrong. Um, I, I would hope that people aren't to the, the level of wanting the club to fail just to be proven right. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who are ready, willing and able the moment something goes wrong to uh, to pull the chainsaw out and uh, start cutting people up. And we also must uh, thank North Melbourne as well for spectacularly um, falling. They they were almost the guys that fell over in the the Bradbury plan. <laughs> you know? That's true. Well, well, last year's Bradbury plan was ruined when we fell over. <laughs> we got to the front and fell over. This time, some other teams did it for us. But I'm glad. And look, there was during the middle of the Sydney game, some nuffy Carlton fan tweeted me and it was like, oh, it's sad that you people don't have enough faith in your team to, uh, you know, do it yourself rather than waiting for other people to fall over in front of you. And it was literally just at that moment that we started conceding goals and it was like, <laughs> have a look, dickhead. Like, that's why we don't have the faith. <laughs> so that's why I'm so glad that in the end, we did it. Yeah. We yeah. didn't have to rely on other people. Yes, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Port dying in the ass, North dying in the ass, but that's football. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's how that's how it works. Any season when you're in a fringe top eight position and kind of a fringe top four position as well, which is which is a bit weird. Um, but when it came down to it, when there was one game, go out, win this game, play finals. We started well. We took on the challenge. We came back from what I agree with what both you guys said. What I thought was the dead, the death when they hit the lead. And just gutsed it out. So, you know, the, the Bradbury plan was there as the saver in case we couldn't do it ourselves. Um, so I'm, I'm very glad to uh, take that and put it into the shredder and be extremely proud of us doing, our, doing it ourselves. Well said. Well, uh, anything else, uh, Grapeviney? You've... Uh... Nothing from you? No, just going to be uh, very content... Uh, for the next couple of weeks, um, so looking forward to looking forward to enjoying it, and and uh, uh, expecting the boys to come out and play great footy on the weekend. Yep, I, I think we'll beat GWS, but I, I can honestly say that I'm not going to give even more than half a rat's if we don't. Uh, as long as the signs still point point and everyone's uh, stays fit, then this week is uh, a free hit. Yep. Well, it it certainly is. Um, I mean, it's not a, it's not quite a dead rubber because we we do want that home final. But um, it's nice to know that uh, we're already in there. And I don't think the boys will will take it easy um, because we've already got in. I don't think they'll drop the bundle and you know with that we've achieved what we wanted to achieve. Uh, I think they'll give it a good crack. So I hold no fear in an SCG final against the Swans. Oh, I have a light fear of the Swans themselves, um, but I wouldn't be at all concerned if we were going to the SCG to play them. Well, we won't be in the first because I've tried to explain to you. I'm not we'll be particularly going to worried about stadium. GWS either, and I actually, for personal reasons, would actually like to go to that stadium. So, just to have been to to another state, tick another stadium off your list. Yeah, and hopefully to like yell abuse at Scully or something <laughs> if I walk past him in the uh, go, mate. Here you go. This could have been you. And then he'd probably point out that he's got, you know, several million dollars in the bank and has played in two prelims, but he's still got as many flags as we have at the moment. 
It'd be nice to knock them out of the finals, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would be good for it would be good for football. Yeah, the more years we can waste of their glory era with their uh, with their list, uh, till we get to the point where they start falling off the back end and and they have to go into their first rebuild, the more the merrier. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, do you want to uh, plug your usual uh, stuff? Yes, you can uh, read the post that I uh, that I ploughed through for the community. I made sure I finished it before I went to bed at 2.30 on uh, Monday morning. You can read that at demonblog.com. Uh, you can visit demonwiki.org for all your uh, historical needs. I'm very proud to say that I'll be updating the most finals played list for the first time ever this week because, uh, of course, Demon Wiki is a uh, 2009 establishment, so... It'll be the first time I've ever had to edit that list. Uh, it'll be Nathan Jones will we'll get an update and there'll be 21 new players added to it. Uh, and you can twi- you can Twitter me, you can tweet me uh, at DemonBlog. I'll be very happy to take your tweets unless you're a uh, Carlton fan who wants to tell me uh, that I should have more faith in my team and then I'll probably tell you to get stuffed. <laughs> uh, you can uh, follow Demonland on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Demonland31, on Twitter at Demonland, on Instagram at Demonland31. Uh, of course, you can go to demonland.com and join in the conversation every day of the week. There's always something going on on Demonland. Um, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, we've had a couple of people do that. Please do so. Um, thank you for listening and um, go Demons. We'll uh, we'll be back uh, next week. And I probably should have been playing some music in the background during that whole spiel. Uh, yep, we'll see you next week. Go Demons. Demons.